I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. I am Liz Wright and it's so good that you've been able to join me for today's really special show. It is my absolute honor and privilege to have the couple with me today um, on the show for this conversation. They are, in my opinion, two of the most experienced, pure-hearted, open, vulnerable, and wise people in ministry today. The nuggets that they are going to share with you during these next 30 minutes, I promise you are going to change your life. So I just encourage you, sit back, open your heart, just come into this present moment and for these next 30 minutes, just really listen to the nuggets that I know that God is going to flow through this conversation. Mm. It's my absolute honor and joy to welcome to the show today, Barry and Laurie Byrne. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're so glad to be with you. Thank you for coming on at such an important time where marriage relationships are really struggling. I mean, I know through the news that the stats have gone through the roof recently. And you both carry such a revelation of kingdom marriage, of the way that God intends for us to live in our marriage relationships. So as we start, would you both share with everybody watching who I know are going to want to hear answers to the struggles that they're going through in their marriage relationships. What, what does supernatural marriage look like? What, it, what is marriage in terms of the way that God intends for it to be? Well, yeah, right away, I think of the Bible telling us that two become one flesh. Mm-hmm. That in and of itself is supernatural. We don't even fully understand that. How they no longer two but one. Mm-hmm. And so God expects something supernatural. It says He joined us together and made us one. So, if from His perspective there is something supernatural, how we get there and live there. Most people want a, a life full of a marriage, full of love and full of connection, full of oneness. But it's hard to get there for many people. And mm-hmm. so. Uh, but there's a lot of ways to answer that. I think one of the first things that comes to my mind is a couple things we focus on. Number one is living in the truth with each other. So we're really willing to be honest and truthful, open, vulnerable. I mean, that's who God is. He is the truth. He doesn't hide. He doesn't conceal. And when we try to live as one, and yet we're not really fully open with each other, we can't fully know each other. And we can't really have God in the picture fully if we're not living as he lives in in truth and in love with each other. I think another factor that we always, you know, we never thought we were going to be in marriage ministry. Barry's been a marriage and family therapist for 30 years, and I've been a mom. And so when the Lord gave us a dream in answer to a prayer that we were saying, Lord, what are we going to do with the marriages? Our pastor was asking us that. And he laid out exactly what he wanted to do in this ministry. 
and what he's thinking about marriages. And so we can't claim to give these answers of supernatural marriage help because we got it from him. But one of the things he told us is we have to do this with Holy Spirit. You know, it's the transparency and the vulnerability, like Barry said. But the other part was we cannot have our marriage make it without his intervention, his being in the midst of us, his leading us, his guiding us, his speaking to us. And he began opening the door for us to hear him in ways that we had never heard him before. And that's, that's what people experience in yeah. this ministry is they say, I have never heard Holy Spirit like this, or I have never heard God speak to me. So I think that's a real huge thing. You're talking about supernatural marriages. It's nothing in us. It has to be, Holy Spirit has to be there. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I know that um, in the workshops you do, and, and I love your book, Love After Marriage. I know Wes and I, um, my husband, obviously, um, we have gone through that book together. and We bought it for lots and lots of people. And just some of the testimonies that you share in there are so moving. And the, I mean, the miraculous transformation, really, that people experience as they do what you're saying. You know, they come into this safe environment that you create and you give them the tools, but actually the most important piece is that they begin to learn how to invite Holy Spirit yeah. Yeah. in the midst of their relationship, which I think some people wouldn't even think about, you know, or know how to do that. So when you, well, obviously, I mean, I, I won't list all of, you know, I won't list all of the testimonies, obviously, but they're, they're very, very moving. And, and um, I love how uh, you create a safe place for people to be very vulnerable. You encourage people to be transparent with each other, to be real. I suppose so there can be a foundation of trust built. You know, and that intimate connection can begin to be established in the marriage relationship, maybe for some people for the first time, as they begin to bring Holy Spirit in and the miracles start to happen and the connection begins to happen. So for people who, where this would be something new, and I'm sure there are many people in the family of God listening right now who are in desperate times in their marriage, you know, and obviously we all carry all of the pain of our life collectively into our marriage relationship which affects our capacity to connect, et cetera, et cetera. So for people who are listening that or watching that just, this would be new for them, where do they start? If they're desperate, where do they start? How do they move from where they are into this promise from God of how he wants marriage to be? Recommend, get the book and ask the Lord to highlight another couple who is running together and wanting marriage. Maybe they're in a horrible spot and they need help, but they want help. And do this book together with them and let them, you know, you can you can do it on your own and then you meet once a week. And the reason why we found out that was good is because when you are in a bad spot with each other and you're mad, it's very easy to blow up and say, forget it. I'm not going to do this. I don't want to do this with you. You know, we've all been there. When the poop hits the fan, we even have a tool called when poop hits the fan. But that way, when your friends are knocking on your door, oh, it's Tuesday night, we're supposed to read the book together. It's harder to say, no, we can't. And we need these kinds of things in our lives to help us get out of places where we've been, where we've been very disconnected. Mm -hmm. That's so good. One of the things we say is, you need to be willing to share what Holy Spirit tells you to share and then do what he tells you to do. 
and and that is i mean that is uh, you know a formula for success <laughs> in our lives if we would just live like that with one another cuz holy spirit is like our the best life coach ever you know he's in the midst of us and he is aware of what's going on and for us to get connected with him and i think i think that's probably one of the biggest things that god has shown us again that we have to be connected to holy spirit if we want a supernatural marriage so this lady and her husband come to to our workshop and she has a secret that she's never told her husband she's never told anyone and she has lived with this and you know we think when we hide things that it goes away but it doesn't it's brewing and it allows the enemy to speak into us and tell us who we are and tell us who we aren't so here's this precious lady she comes to our workshop and the very first day we have them all begin their process of sharing at lunchtime their spiritual journeys which is a way that holy spirit makes this safe so that you can then trust the people around you and so she the lord just speaks to her and this secret that she's kept her whole life she decides to tell and it was this that when she was very young she was sexually abused and a, and a couple of years later she ended up sexually abusing one of her siblings and and you know she just she felt she couldn't and just think about this if you have something like that that has been working in your life and speaking about who you are you you're not going to feel like you can be open and honest with your husband which she wasn't you can't embrace your children and love them and be affectionate with them because you you're afraid that you're you're a child molester so this thing was working in her all this now now this isn't so incredible so she ends up sharing this on the very first day which you know people vow I will I will take this to my grave I will never tell what has gone on in my life but she obeyed and when she did and and I'm going to tell this quickly but every single woman there are four couples that are in each group and every single woman had had the exact same experience not only had they been sexually abused but they had then turned around and sexually abused another sibling so the shame was just horrendous and when that first woman obeyed holy spirit and shared it opened the door and 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 the women were weeping so much she thought oh i shouldn't have shared that she had no idea that god was touching each one of them and as they went on through the week and shared their testimony god brought healing to four women god brought healing to four marriages he brought healing to four families and changed four bloodlines in a week now it's important to know the sharing itself is the beginning of the necessary step but that isn't the final step in bringing healing and there's two things that are really important number 1 we didn't minister to any of those people in that group mm -hmm. they minister to each other they use the tools they learn how to minister and it's the process of of you know something very common in our healings getting rid of lies and bringing hearing God's truth it's a matter of bringing God into those memories and and letting him show the person what how he saw them and what he feels about them instead of believing the lies that the enemy brought because mm -hmm. the enemy will always try to he will always come around when there's trauma when there's pain and try to interpret things 
in, in self-condemning ways, self-accusing ways, things like that. And the healing comes as they together as a group are learning how to minister to each other. Yeah. And they learn how to minister to each other as husband and wife. And so they can bring this home and actually be a, a source of healing for each other yeah. in, in some of the deepest things in their lives. Yeah. I remember when Wes and I were first married and I was asking Holy Spirit, I was, you know, reading your book and doing all that you know to do to sort of start to invest into your marriage relationship. And I asked the Lord, you know, to give me his perspective as a sort of foundation for my marriage with Wes. And he said to me, I heard him as clear as a bell in my heart. And he said to me, I'm entrusting the heart of my son to you. It's holy ground. Wow. And it was such a like, you know, a, a reframe of yeah. golly, you know, each other's hearts are holy ground. They're the inheritance of God. And we get to love each other and care for that heart. You know, and actually we're accountable yeah. to for our stewardship yeah, as well. You know, so I love, I love that. Um, so can you, uh, can you sort of speak into that a little bit more to help people, some of the tools you've learned, because I know you guys teach from, you, you, you live the message. I mean, your lives are so transparent for people, and the good and the bad, you know, you're sharing yourselves, aren't you, and all that you've learned. Would you share with everybody listening with us um, a little bit more about how, what you've learned in terms of how to become each other's safe place? How do you create and, and protect the connection with each other? I think for me, one of the things I have to, I have to want to receive from Lori. And I, we actually believe in the, there is a, the New Testament teaching of headship and submission. It's, it's not a, it's not about primarily about making decisions. It's primarily about bringing as a, as a head bringing Christ into the home. But if God is speaking to her that I, about me or to me, I need to, I need to value that and honor that. And so in order for me to receive from her, I, I have to be open to listening, to valuing what she has to say. Um, and then, then I can receive from her as soon as I begin to uh, accuse or blame or, or make her the enemy, we, that just puts up a wall between us and I can't receive, we can't receive from each other then. Mm -hmm. And so it's, and, and then just the whole, I mean, we teach and, and try to take, you know, this whole thing of being fighting together against the things that come into our marriage, it is so mm -hmm. central. Mm -hmm. And even for us, it's still a challenge. It's still easy to be, to be offended or to be mm -hmm. hurt or to be misunderstood, things like that. So you, we have to make some choices, but we take very seriously the teaching of Scripture that our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual forces of darkness. Yeah. And, and so, especially for, for us, when we're trying, for people who are trying to follow God, yeah. you know, that, that our hearts are really set towards the Lord. Yeah. Uh, the battle is against each other. So just doing our best to remember that. And, and it takes some humility when you're hurt or upset to be able to receive from your spouse <laughs> and to be able to say, you know, okay, you, you can talk about that too. Cause we both experience it when <clears throat> we're in a bad spot and the other one wants to, Hey, could I help you pray with this about that? And no, it, I don't want you to help me pray. <laughs> how you say it makes a big difference too. If you say, Oh man, you sure are in a bad mood, boy, what's got, what, why are you so mad about, you know, what versus if you can say, Hey, you know what? 
um, it looks to me like anger's coming to you and to us. Will you let me stand and stand with you and pray against that anger or that fear or that anxiety or that whatever it might be, yeah. hatred, whatever it could be. And, and that, that is the key. Honestly, we use our tools all the time. Like yeah. we, we live this and we would be a mess if we didn't have this because we have a tool called the one, two, three skidoo, which is, it's, it's a spiritual weapon to command Satan by the power of the blood of Jesus and breaking our agreement and asking the father to send it away, which are all scriptural principles. And that is like, pow. And we can literally, we, we've had times where, you know, I think those of you listening all know that sometimes when you speak, your spouse hears something completely different that you didn't mean. And you're going, I didn't even mean that. And, you know, we've had that happen and we will do this little tool. We'll just, in the name of Jesus, I nail this, whatever it is, the, we'll call it a Leviathan spirit that is trying to, you know, mess up Jeez. our communication and we'll command it to go. Uh, we, we break, we break agreements with it then. And we ask the father to send it away. The first one is nailed to the cross. The spirit of Leviathan, do not nail your spouse to the cross. That is not part of the tool. That's <laughs> <laughs> not what we teach. Maybe tempting, but don't do it. <laughs> but seriously, we have done that and literally just felt it go whoosh, out of the room, which lets us know that the battle is spiritual. And that's the other thing. We have other tools that help us reconnect when we've hurt each other and our hearts are disconnected and we do reconciliation. Sometimes we are doing tools before we even get out of our bed in the morning or a generational thing. The Lord will remind us, oh, remember your grandma used to do that. I went, what? I'm 65. How can that even be? Why did I, why am I just now dealing with this? But those tools, and we just have a little tool booklet. You can actually get it on an app and um, we can give you some information about that. But the tools have been a lifesaver for us to be able to maintain the kind of relationship that we want. And it just structures us to connect to God. To, to listen to Holy Spirit and to be able to, it helps us look at ourselves and go, oh my gosh, that, that was not good that I said that, or that's, I'm not seeing you correctly. We have a listening tool that we do. And, and that's been very helpful. Yeah. And reconciliation. Mm -hmm. I would say too, again, I just think I'm comparing it to a counseling model and I'm really not, I'm not critical of counseling itself. I, I just, the, the professional count model of counseling doesn't include the spiritual much at all. And so uh, one of like the professional model is you come to me for help, you have a problem and I'm the professional. And so that puts us at different levels, but in, in what we, the way we see things and the way we interact with our audience and with each other is we're all in the same battle. Yeah. I might have different issues, different things that are coming against me That's than good. you, but we have the same <clears throat> battle uh, against darkness that's trying to harm us and we have the same God mm -hmm. who is there unavailable to help us the same Holy Spirit who wants to comfort and be a, be a help to us and so the so we're on the same level 
just dealing with different issues and yeah. at, at different times, one of us needing help, another time another needing help. And so that also, I think, helps bring an openness so that it's not like, oh, you have a problem now, let me help you, yeah. rather than, oh, you're, you're dealing with that now, let's stand against that together. Yeah, I love your language, Barry. I love both of your language, but the, you're, it's very much what I'm hearing you saying is your, your worldview is it's us. You are one. Yeah. Your oneness is very obvious in how you, you see everything. So that it's about the, the enemy coming against you to destroy you as one. So right. you're closing rank around each other. Right. Yes, right. so good. Yeah. We talk about how once you, when you're married, everything you do affects your spouse. Even if it's not seen, if it's, it's, it's affecting your spiritual atmosphere you carry. In other words, you could be hiding some very serious sin that your spouse doesn't know about, but the spiritual atmosphere is still affecting your spouse mm -hmm. and your children. Mm -hmm. And so it, it really, when we really become one, we can't help but affect each other. And we have a lot of examples of that, of how people didn't know what was going on, but could feel it and were affected by the atmosphere, the spiritual atmosphere that the person was carrying, yeah. good or bad, by the, carrying the Holy Spirit with us is for good. And when we carry darkness and hide it, then that is, ends up being destructive. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. I mean, it, it, I, I just think for me, I'm sitting here going, my goodness me. <laughs> That's, that piece of wisdom that you've just shared with us all is life-changing. If we can just make that shift yeah. Mm -hmm. and yeah. close rank around yeah. each other and begin to realize the enemy is very real and he's very seriously wanting to destroy marriages yeah. and to separate families and to bring all manner of destruction against people. It's a very serious institution, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, the, it's the institution that Jesus has chosen to reveal his relationship with the church through. Right. Yes. Jesus and his bride, the, the revelation, I think we're, we're just beginning to get, you know, unfolding levels of revelation about the power of who we are as married couples and what we can release of the nature of God. And, and you know, have you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We see that. We see it the same way. It is supernatural. And, yeah. and unfortunately, the enemy is having too much success. And yeah. in really damaging marriages, and and uh, and yet it's it's a very special relationship to God. There's really nothing like that. A lot of times, um, a parent-child relationship will supersede the marriage relationship, where parents will connect with their children more than to their spouse, and that that ends up eroding away the oneness that God intended the couple to have. There's even the language is kind of interesting. You're no longer two, but one flesh. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not the same, but it's a little bit similar to the Trinity where there are three persons in one God. And mm -hmm. I don't really fully understand it, but there's no other relationship that's described like that. And even a parent child relationship is intended to prepare the children to leave where the marriage relationship remains for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you, um, in your um, time with couples, how do you encourage people to have their needs met, their emotional needs met? How, how, you know, to sort of the, for the core strength of the marriage, really. Yeah. Because we're not sucking the life out of each other. How do you empower yeah. people in that? You, yeah. you go on that. That's <laughs> get some good things to say on that. I'm learning so much here. <laughs> it's great. You know, um, we actually don't focus on that. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
Um, I, I don't believe that is a biblical model. <laughs> I believe my, my duty, like Ephesians <clears throat> 5, I love what actually Matthew Henry back in the 1700s in the UK, from the UK, um, <laughs> he, he talked about headship is my duty to God for, for my wife. And her duty to, to submit and follow is, is to God. And so um, I, if, if I am choosing to love and to give, and that's what I think of first, not myself, my needs. I'm, and, and of course, if there is openness, we can talk so I know what her needs are. Um, and I'm, but my focus is giving, and both people do that. Mm -hmm. Both people's needs are gonna be satisfied. Yes. But when it, when, and it's a very subtle thing, when it gets turned around my needs, all of a sudden I'm making them my slave. You know, in, in a main, it's like, then you're obligated to me to meet my needs rather than I'm obligated to God to love you and to care about you mm -hmm. and to give to you. And when we do that to each other, the needs are met and we, are, we, we feel the love and we, we yeah, it's, it's experienced. Honestly, this whole thing, what we found in just very clearly, probably in the last 10 years, is there is something that comes to many of us, and it's called a victim spirit. And it's born out of true trauma and crisis and abuse. But the secondary infection of a victim spirit is the world owes me. I'm entitled. Self-pity anger. I need you to take care of me. I need to make sure that you're caring for me and you've got to make sure everything is okay. And we're watching this blow up marriages. So we don't approach it from the standpoint of what is, what are your needs? Because Holy Spirit is the one, he, he is already looking and he's, he's prepped and posed to deal with my needs and my and be my covering me and, and covering and my protector and if i i have to have the same attitude towards him mary we always say marry a giver not a taker yeah and you and and have, when you do that you have to be a giver to make a marriage work it, it supersedes it's a love and give. okay you, you tit for tat well i did this for you you need to do it, it really ends up being like that and it's bigger than that. When we have God's love in us for one another, it's it's not a matter of well, you didn't you didn't do that for me, and, and you're not doing my love language, and you're not. We can end up really at least that's what we've been seeing the last ten years. And so we sometimes the Holy Spirit will come in and he'll hijack our whole workshop because the room is filled with victim spirit that is just. You have that, and it's a black hole. It's never enough. You never can give enough to fill that. Yeah. And so we we take it from a whole nother standpoint. That's wonderful. Go ahead, please. There's okay. probably ways to make that work, but it really has to come back to both people are giving and want to give. Uh, the, actually, I can think of some examples of marriages where there's one person was a giver, one person was a taker, and they, one person is constantly saying, I need this, I need that. The other really believed their love alone could bring this person along and change them and fill them up. And both, uh, I'm thinking of two marriages right now in particular, 
one marriage went on for 25 years, the, uh, the young adult children, and this happened to be the wife that was more the, the, the angry, selfish one, and the children, she was telling one of the teenage kids they needed to leave the house, and the oldest one stood up and said, no, mom, you need to leave. And you are the one causing the problems. And she couldn't see it. And um, it's a real recipe for disaster. When there's one person's a giver, one person's a taker, and the giver thinks they can meet all the taker's needs. And I mean, I know that's, I know that's different than just talking about your needs. But you know, it's a little different situation. And, and we do need to be able to talk and say to each other, communicate what's important to us, what we like, what we don't like, things like that. By the way, you said that hurt me. And, but then you also have tools to help you talk through that so that you're not giving into offense because offense loves to be right there between you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's profound. So, so essentially, we have to learn through our relationship with the Lord is what I'm hearing you saying. Um, to have our needs met in him and become an overflow that the desire would be, we'd be delivered from self yeah. Yeah. Life towards yeah. ourself, but actually we become an overflow of God's love in so, us. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That is definitely first. And yet it does not exclude at all a lifelong <clears throat> learning about each other. Right. Right. We each other. But we have to learn to love and give through, through God first. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and then be an overflow. But like you say, that in, in the midst of that constant discovery of one another and the enjoyment of learning how to love each other very well. Yeah. I would just say this to cap that part off. He is a wonderful husband, but if I begin to look to him to meet all my needs, he's going to fall short. Because no man, no husband can do that for a wife. It's got to be, God has to be the main need provider. And then when, when I'm getting filled up this way, he is exactly what I need. And we're able to, we go like this. It's not even like a, a headship where it's dominating. It's, it's, it's like a flow, you know, right. Running alongside each other, I guess is a good way to say it. Yeah. And I loved as well, what you were sharing about, you know, being that the, the roles of husband and wife in the home. I think there's such a lot of um, incorrect teaching, unfortunately, around that subject. And it's it's so important. You were saying, you know, you just worded it so beautifully that you were the one to, to cover, you know, your wife, Barry, and to bring the love of God and the word of God, like yeah. ministry, you know, yeah. to your wife's heart. And that you empower through submission, you know, empowering your husband through that honor and the flow of love that, that moves towards him. Um, it's just, yeah. I mean, if we get things right in right order and we do it God's way, as you both clearly teach, yes. we're going to have life that flourishes. <laughs> but if we yes. try and, you know, our way separate from him, it's a, it's a train wreck. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that relationship of headship and submission is so beautifully modeled with Christ and the Father. And it was, there was no dominating, there was no, you know, controlling, there was uh, working. But anyway, they both were honored in 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 that relationship. Yeah, yeah. They both honored each other. One of the things that's important is for, for men to realize every man is in roles of submission as well. Oh, wow, that's profound. And every woman has roles of headship. Every woman has roles of leadership. 
And do we apply the same rules to other relationships that we do to marriage? You know, that it, it isn't like marriage is just one relationship where there's a head and it's just one person is kind of leading. And when we're leading, no matter where we're leading, in a home, in a business or whatever, we are to represent Christ. We are to lead by caring about people, trying to influence them towards Christ, mm -hmm. not just through evangelism, but in the whole way we live and act and are with them. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in a role of submission as a man to a policeman, <clears throat> to a, you know, government, whoever, to our pastor, I have to respect that person. It doesn't mean I'm silent, but I have to respect the See, God puts everyone in those positions of leadership. So that's why we're respecting God by respecting this is what First uh, Romans 13 teaches. We're respecting God by mm -hmm. respecting whatever position of leadership a person is given by God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And being able to just reveal him, you know, re reveal yeah. the person of God through our behavior, through absolutely. our actions. Yes. You know, it's in every situation. So wonderful. Oh my goodness, I could just keep talking and talking for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so big topic. Pardon? That's a very big topic, that one right there, the headship. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, each subject that we've been moving through, God, there's like, we could dive deep into every single subject. I mean, I know your resources are just stacked full of wisdom keys that have come from decades of experience and relationship with God, you know, that you bring in to people's worlds and transform them. So I do encourage everybody listening, you know, go onto their website. Is it, what is your website? Is it? nothinghidden.com nothinghidden.com okay where you can obviously get a lot more resources yeah. just thank you both so much for giving us the time today that you have just in finishing would you pray for people for their marriages those people who are listening right now that might be you know really struggling absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. want to start okay yeah. jesus we thank you for this time together Lord, I just, I thank you for Liz's heart to the motherhood of God coming through her in this ministry and her desire for people to be free. And I just, I, I, I thank you, Father, that it's your desire moving through her. It's your desire moving through us. And I thank you that you have a plan. And, and when couples are needing more, even if they're not needing more, but they're just wanting more. Lord, I, I just pray right now that this wouldn't just be another podcast that they listen to and not do anything. I pray that everyone listening would say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? What's the next step so that I can either get out of this mess or get more of what they're talking about. And then, Father, I ask that you would supernaturally come and bless and breathe on that, that vow, that decision. Yes, I'm going to move ahead. I'm going to do something. And I also pray, Father, that even as they do it, if it's just the wife listening or just the husband, I ask that you would be there, your spirit, the, the hosts of heaven would be around them as they begin to talk about this. And you would just breathe on them and you would release your grace and your anointing for a one flesh union. People say, this is what we've always wanted and we've never had. Lord, I ask that this would be the step right now today on this podcast of them moving towards that and getting what you have for them. 
And Father, I want to thank you that your design for marriage to make a man and a woman one flesh in some way we can't do ourselves and that you do for us and we can't even understand it. I, I just ask that today, Lord, as we, as we speak through this, uh, you would speak and you would create um, a, a revelation in people's hearts of the beauty and the goodness of your design. There's so many, mm-hmm. so many yeah. different designs that people are trying to create now for marriage, for connection. And I pray, Lord, that, that, that y- your goodness, your beauty, your um, divinity would be seen even in this, in the miraculous oneness that you created in marriage. Yes. And we release this in the name of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. We agree. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thank you both so much for being with us today. Uh, so welcome. Thank you for, thank having, you for us. having us. So good to see you both. And thank you all for tuning in. And I just, yeah, I agree with that prayer. And I just pray that your week will be incredible and that you will experience breakthroughs in your marriage, in your significant relationships, in your life. Thank you so much for being with us. Look forward to being with you again next Monday. God bless.